All right, everybody. Hey, good to see you guys today. You guys are looking good today. And through that camera lens, I know people are looking amazing at home with our online Ogallala, North Platte. I just want to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us at New Life Church, no matter what auditorium you're in right now or what time you're watching this service. Can we just give a shout out to everybody that's worshiping right now? Just say thank you right now to everybody that's joining us online. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, so from the broadcast campus, we're just saying a big hello to everybody. This is the last week of the Bible Doesn't Say That. And we've been tackling some crazy, crazy topics. Today, I plan on tackling another one of those. Um, The statement that some people say on a regular basis that they believe is something that comes straight from God's word, that all good people go to heaven. Right? All dogs go to heaven, but not all good people go to heaven. And that was not actually, that's not actually sponsored by this church. Just so you know, I apologize, shouldn't have said that. Um, But all good people go to heaven. There's there's this belief that if I'm good enough, I go to heaven. If by just being good, not doing certain other things, then I'll go to heaven. If I'm not like certain other people, then I will go to heaven. Well, what really distinguishes good and bad then? If that, if that was the delineation between whether people spend eternity with God in heaven or not based on their goodness, what delineates a person from being bad or good? So what I want to do is I want to do a little like experiment here today. I want you to keep your opinion to yourself or otherwise it might be quite embarrassing for you. But I'm going to show you some pictures of people groups. Okay, and I'm going to ask you to do something that's not popular in our society right now. Okay. And, uh, and I don't even agree with the attitude behind this, but I want to do this because I want to get you in the right frame of mind. And I'm showing you a picture of a group of people. I want you in your heart to decide, is that good? Are they good or are they bad? Because this is what we do in the world, by the way. So don't think you don't do that while you're sitting here at church, okay? Because there's, there's a lot of people that have this, you know, behavior where they look at people and they go good and they go bad. So as an example, let me throw the first picture. When you see this picture of protesters, what's the first reaction that you have? Good or bad? Okay? How about this? When you see a group of people worshiping at church, is it bad or is it good? Right? Good people, bad people. Right? How about this next one? A a group of tattooed people. Good people, bad people. I heard one, woo! Okay, so I know that vote. Right? And I've got my own, so I'm a part of that group. All right? So um, just so you know, good or bad. All right. See, that was a trick question. Um, how about this one? A group of elderly ladies. Good or just about getting ready to rob you. Right? Bad. Which one? Which one? How about, uh, how about this last one? A group of prisoners. Good or bad? The problem with the way we tend to live our lives by putting people into classification groups of good or bad is that as soon as you start doing that you're just one itsy bitsy step away then from spiritually judging their life because what we tend to do is we tend to say good you're going to heaven bad you're destined for hell that's what our world's doing right now which is ripping us apart We're judging based on the outside. We're judging based on maybe the picture that you were in or a part of. And instantaneously, good, bad, heaven, hell. I want you to hang on to that thought just for a minute. In 2014, the Pew Research uh, Group did a poll on Americans. 
And they discovered that 72% of Americans believe in heaven. In fact, we're actually pretty much captivated with heaven in America. Uh, We've had books like The Five People That You'll Meet in Heaven uh, that sat on the New York Times bestseller list when it came out for 95 weeks straight. That's a long time. We've got movies that have come out like Heaven is for Real that have earned over $100 million worldwide. 72% of Americans believe in heaven. So the issue in America isn't that people, you know, believe in heaven because they do. The issue is what do Americans believe about heaven? And why does that matter? Because in that same Pew Research poll, we discovered that the majority of Americans believe that heaven is a place where people who have led good lives, good lives, are, in, are eternally rewarded. If they've led a good life. Well, so what group are they a part of? Which group is good? Which group gets to live the e- eternal blessing forever in heaven? And which group is bad? Who's the distinguisher on this? Who's the judge? Who's the jury? Who calls out the shots on who's good and who's bad? Because we're doing it with one another all the time. So the questions that I want to look at today is this, is, is being good enough to get into heaven? Is treating others with kindness enough to get you into heaven? Is dressing the right way, looking the right way, is that what gets you into heaven? Is it having grown up in church your entire life? Is that what is going to get you to heaven? I want to look at this statement I want to discover. Is this what the Bible is really saying? That if you're good enough, then you get to spend eternity with God in heaven. Well, to cut to the chase today, because you're smart people, I can tell that right now. Right? The Bible doesn't say that at all. In fact, it leans hard the opposite direction, that good isn't enough. It doesn't matter how you define good. You can define good however you want to. Define good with you know, every word you can think of that defines somebody that's got incredible compassion, generosity, kindness, integrity, character. Good in that description will not be enough. Use whatever description you want to to define someone as being good, spiritually good, even in that context, is not enough. We've all met people that, have, that we would say, that's a good person, but that person has never claimed to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but they are a good person. We've all met people that are good people who have a knowledge about God, but they lack the life-transforming relationship that God will bring to the believer. Similar to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Even Jesus said, good wasn't enough. But what did Jesus say in that passage? He said this, that only those who surrender to the Father in heaven will enter. Surrender what? Surrender your will to the Father in heaven. Surrender your agenda to the Father in heaven. Surrender your motives to the Father in heaven. Who's going to enter heaven? Those who actively pursue God's heart so that they can know his desires and live them out on this earth. That's who Jesus is talking about. Who gets to enter heaven? Jesus is saying those who are purposefully following God's word. 
who are knowing God's heart through his word and applying it to their life, following it, not just hearers of it, but appliers of it. Those are the ones, Jesus is saying, who will enter heaven. In fact, when you look at this passage, it really comes down to these two basic hardcore points that Jesus is trying to drive home. Like, if you want to live a life surrendered to him, you want to live a life obedient to his word, you want to live a life where your motives line up with his, if that's what you want, then Jesus says the first thing you got to do is you got to call on the name of Jesus to save you from a life of sin if you ever want to follow God's will. It's first calling on his name. I'm not good enough to get myself to heaven. I need the grace that only Jesus can provide. So we call on his name. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. The second thing you see Jesus driving home here, though, is that we have to also you know, lean into the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome the sin nature and empower us to live a righteous life before God. So Jesus is saying this to us. Look, it's not good enough to come to church on Sunday and cry out, Lord, Lord. Because people will say, you know, I look, I cried out your name, Lord, Lord, but they won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they didn't let the king of heaven rule their life Monday through Saturday. They came on Sunday and cried, Lord, Lord, but then they were their own Lord the rest of the week. And Jesus is saying this, those are not the people that enter heaven. So it's not you being good enough. You don't get to come to church and go, Lord, Lord, and then go live a good life, minus Christ being the king of your heart, and find your way into eternity with God. It's impossible. It's impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So we call on the name of Jesus and we lean into the authority of the Holy Spirit to convict us, to change us, right? To, to, to teach us where our life doesn't line up with God's word, that even right now the Holy Spirit is at work. He's at work. I'm saying one thing, your ear is hearing something else. Who's the interpreter between those two things? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that's at work here. Because you're only going to walk away with like a statement today. I know that. I'm going to speak for three hours. You're going to walk away with three seconds. I can, I can speak for five hours and you're going to walk away with three seconds. Because there's something that the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you today. And by the way, I'm not going to speak for three hours. All right? So don't start planning your escape just yet. Call on the name of Jesus, lean in to the Holy Spirit, and ask for the Holy Spirit's leadership in our life. It's exactly what Jesus was saying. It's exactly what Paul came back and he said later on um, in his ministry as he was writing to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not enter the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, um, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't believe that was an exhaustive list, by the way. I think that was a list to kind of get your heart moving in the right direction. Some of you were once like that, but you are, but now you were cleansed. Isn't that good news? But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by, watch it, two things. Number one, calling on the name of Jesus Christ. And number two, right, 
By what? By the Spirit of God. Those two components. It's not being good enough. It's about calling on the name of Jesus. Be my Lord and my leader all the time. And it's by leaning into the Holy Spirit to be your leader and your guide for the rest of your time. All of us have got, we all have to go through the same journey. And we've all gone, we've all gone on some level of this journey in some capacity. We call it around new life, the circle to true life. The circle to true life is a, is a graphic that we use to help us understand what does this relationship with God look like? Where did I start and where am I at? The circle to true life, let me explain it to you. The whole yellow area that you see is what we refer to as man's world, creation. It's where you and me, we live, okay? We live physically right here. Some of us live spiritually here, though, as well, okay? Inside of the circle, the blue area, is the kingdom of God. It's where God is the king. He's the king of your life, right? It's where he reigns and he rules, he dwells. There's a, the line between the kingdom of God and man's world is, is the circle, and on that line, it represents faith in Christ. Jesus is the one who said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. There is no way to get from man's world, living man's agenda, into God's kingdom on this earth, living as God being the king of your heart, other than to come through the name of Jesus, calling on the name of Jesus to be my Lord and my leader. Now, one of the interesting things that many people don't know, and some of you today, you're living in man's world, Okay? And we've all lived there, by the way, so we've all gone through that journey, <clears throat> is that the Holy Spirit's at work in man's world. He's drawing people to the line of faith. Call out to Jesus is what the Holy Spirit's saying to some of you today. Right? But even when we step over that line of faith into the kingdom of God, the journey's not done. The Holy Spirit's job in the kingdom of God is to take now this still sinful heart, this heart that is not perfect, and to move us to the center of God's will. He's continuing the work. The Holy Spirit is. It's through grace in Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit invades the believer, pulling us, convicting us, teaching us, building the kingdom of God in us. That's his job. And so his work inside of every single one of us today is to draw us to the center of God's will for our life. The strongest gravity known in all of the universe is the gravity of God pulling us to his center, which is what? It's basically this. It's where you are fully maximized in all that you were created to be by God, fulfilling that mission on this earth at the center of God's will, where your heart is exploding on a regular basis with the, with the intimate knowledge of who God is, right? Where you're drawn to the center of God's heartbeat for your life and for this world, and you start living it out. The dangerous part is this, that since it's the Holy Spirit that continues to lead us in the kingdom of God, we have to keep making a choice on a daily basis to let the Holy Spirit be our leader. And many times we don't. And we start walking away from the Holy Spirit. And we start saying, I've got this now. I've figured out Christianity. I've walked in this journey long enough. I, I can handle all of this, right? I've got this. And the minute we start doing that is the minute we start drifting from the center of God's will. And if you hang on to that mentality, you will drift all the way out to the outer edge of the kingdom of God where you're living with a belief in God, but you're on the edge of man's world. And you're starting to dabble into the things of man's world again. The sinful nature of man's world. The lust of man's world. And you're entertaining that while still in the kingdom of God. And people have asked me, 
Well, Jeff, look, if faith gets me into the kingdom of God, how do I get out of the kingdom of God? And I want you to know this today, that you don't sin your way out of the kingdom of God. You sin the kingdom of God out of your heart. I want you to let that soak in for a second. Faith in and faith out. Eventually, the lust of this world overtakes the desire of God, and we send the kingdom of God right out of our own hearts. It's the old adage. You have two wolves to feed. You can feed the, the heart that hungers after the kingdom of God, or you can feed the heart that hungers after the things of man. And if you feed the heart that hungers after the things of man long enough, this, this wolf dies. But I have hope for all of us today. The hope is this, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone who puts their hope and their faith in Jesus Christ has a future with Christ in heaven. Has a future beyond this world. Faith-filled followers of Jesus Christ have a, something they're looking, they're looking towards, and that is heaven. Right? But watch this. This time here on earth is a preparation for God's kingdom to come. It's a preparation. I hear a lot of Christians talking about what I just said. And they get excited about it. In fact, as this world keeps falling apart at the seams and wickedness and hatred keep ruling and this judgmental attitude and divisiveness that's taking place in our world right now, I hear more and more Christians talking about heaven as the great escape from this world. And I want you to know today that although, yes, there is eternity with God that's coming that is basically the great escape from this world, there's so much more to live for on this world than just to wait for the great escape. There's so much more that Jesus wants to do in you and through you today. So I have an eye-opening fact for you that going to heaven when you die, right, or after this life is not the overwhelming message that you find in the Bible, it's what it seems like believers want to keep finding in the Bible, that the overwhelming message of the Bible is that, you know, it's beyond this life and there's, there's like this heaven beyond this life and that that's, that's the hope that I'm hanging on to. And I just want you to know today that the Bible talks way more about heaven coming to earth and changing you than it ever talks about you going to heaven. Heaven coming to earth. You're like, Jeff, that's what I've been praying for. I've been praying that our nation would become like heaven on earth again. Hey, look, I'm with you, right? I'm praying, you know, I'm praying for the Garden of Eden to all happen again too. But let me just tell you what God's actively engaged in. He's actively engaged in establishing a little bit of heaven inside of your heart. See, wherever, wherever God's dwelling, there is heaven. Wherever God's not dwelling, there is earth. Where God dwells, it's God's world. Where man dwells, it's man's world. And I want you to just watch. This is what God did. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth to become heaven on earth for us. So that Jesus would come and he would display the very character and the nature of heaven where God dwells here on earth. And back then in those days, the people like you and me, they were all for that. 
They were like, yes, let heaven come to earth. Here's how it's going to happen. We're going to elect Jesus, or we're going to push out the Romans, and Jesus is going to sit on a throne, a physical throne, ru- ruling over a physical people, over a physical landmass, and that's what they wanted. And that's still what you and me are kind of like, that's what we're hungering for and secretly wanting. But that's not even why God sent Jesus to this earth. God sent Jesus to this earth to establish heaven inside of your heart more than anything else. John 1.14, it says this, so the word, the word, Jesus, he became human and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the, of the Father's one and only Son. We've seen heaven through Jesus, the word becoming human, making his home among us. That's not, that's not all that God says about it. He says a lot about it, but here's another one, Colossians 2.9. For in Christ lives all of the fullness of God in a human body. See, it was through Jesus the kingdom of God can be established within your heart. It's through Jesus that we can call on the king of heaven to sit upon the throne of our heart. And wherever God dwells, there is heaven. It's th- that's what we should be hungering for. You don't get to that stage of heaven by being good enough. You get to heaven by surrendering by giving up control, by allowing Jesus to lead and to rule your life. Heaven tends to be seen as this place where eternity with God starts. And I want to say to you that when heaven comes to earth, that when Jesus comes and he rules on the throne of your heart, eternity has started for you, brother and sister. That's where eternity starts. Eternity doesn't start in the afterlife. Eternity starts when heaven comes and invades earth and establishes his throne inside of your heart. So there's good news for all of us today. The good news is found in Philippians chapter 3, and that says this, that for those who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, we are citizens of heaven. Come on, will you turn to somebody really quick and just tell them you're a citizen of heaven. Just tell them that really fast. Come on, at all campuses, you're a citizen of heaven. When you surrender your life to Jesus and Jesus becomes your leader, Lord, and King, you instantaneously become a citizen of heaven where, by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Look at this. Because you're a citizen of heaven, we are all eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Right? He will take our weak mortal bodies and it will change them into glorious bodies like our own. Like his own, excuse me using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Is that good news or what? I'm looking forward to that day. But you don't get to that day unless you live as a citizen of heaven now. It's not that you are going to be a citizen of heaven. That's not what scripture said. Scripture said, look, you will, you will experience the new heaven, the new body. You will experience you know, this place that is amazing and beyond description if you live as a citizen of heaven now. So church, you know what that tells me? My ultimate hope on this earth is not waiting around for a new body. My ultimate hope on this earth, right, is not waiting around so that one day I'll get to see my loved ones. My ultimate hope on this earth is not waiting around so that one day I will understand the mysteries of this life. That my primary hope and purpose on this earth is to live as a citizen of heaven so that one day all of those blessings come. And you know what we're doing? We're missing it out. We're missing out on it. We're missing out on what it looks like to live as a citizen of heaven. A citizen of heaven has, it has like laws and rules and 
guidelines, just like any other country would have. And it's called God's word. And the more we lean into God's word, the more we grasp him, and the more we understand him, and the more he continues to reign and rule upon our hearts. Becoming citizens of heaven is what Jesus talked about when he taught us how to pray in the Lord's prayer. Here's how you pray. Father, will your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? He was talking about the kingdom of your heart today. So heaven is way more than a place where you're going. It's a place that God is wanting to establish within your heart. And in doing so, he wants to show, the, he wants to show off to the world his glory. And that means that the more that you surrender man's ways today, the more you take man's ways out of your heart and you let the Holy Spirit guide you to those, the more that you let the Holy Spirit guide you to take man's ways out of your heart, the more heaven God will deposit in your heart. So church, today we've got a choice. Are we going to worship as human beings in man's world? Are we going to worship God as citizens of heaven in his world? How will you worship him today? And I want to challenge you today. As citizens of heaven, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and if you have not, and you're still standing in the yellow zone, man's world, there is hope for you today. And the first act you have is to call out to the name of Jesus. Call out the name of Jesus and let him declare to him, I want you to be leader and Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. And if you do that, it sounds so simple, but that's stepping over the line into God's kingdom. And you too are becoming citizens of heaven. How should we worship in light of the fact that we are citizens of heaven? We should worship with a passion, an unbridled passion. We should worship like we've never worshiped before. We shouldn't be fearful or scared of what other people are thinking. We should lift up our voice and we should shout out the good news that I'm a citizen of heaven. I might live on this filthy, dirty earth that's ruled by Satan himself, that's wicked and pulling man apart, but I'm a citizen of heaven. How are you ever going to be a part of the solution that God wants to bring if you don't start aligning yourself as a citizen of heaven? Because you'll never change this world as a citizen of this world. You will only be a change agent to this world when you're a citizen of a different world called heaven. Did, did you guys actually just hear me say that? Because I was wondering if I just said that all in my head for a second, you know? Because I was like, that's good. Like, I'm telling myself, preach that more, Jeff. Like, man, sheesh, holy cow. Like, if I'm, if I'm watching online right now, I'm backing that one up. Like, but back, listen to that one again. Listen to that one again. So church, look, with good, the good news and with hope inside of your heart, today we get to stand and we get to worship our Savior as a citizen because he's the king of our heart. Heaven has invaded earth and he lives in us. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Let's get ready as citizens of heaven to worship our king. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Are you excited about that? I mean, what, was it, what would it be like if I told you right now, Jesus is going to open that door and he's going to walk right onto the stage. What would you do? That's what. I know, that was a sample because he's not really walking on the stage. But he is walking inside of your heart. So with that attitude at all of our campuses, let's come before him and let's worship. Come on, Jesus, we love you. 
Lift up your voice right now and just tell him, Jesus, we love you, God. We're excited to come and worship you. Thank you that, Lord, it's not about being good that we get to heaven, but it's by surrendering our heart to you and letting you set up your throne in our heart. Thank you that it's not about being good and us just striving to be better at being good so we get into heaven. It's about surrendering to your Holy Spirit who purifies our hearts, who makes us right, who makes us holy. You do that work in us. We used to live in man's world, but no longer. We've called out on the name of Jesus, and we've surrendered our life to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and you've established heaven in our heart as you've sat on the throne of our heart, and now we are citizens of your world. We are citizens of heaven, and so with that freedom, we choose to lift up our voice and declare and to celebrate that Jesus, you are King of kings, and you are Lord, and you are Lord of lords of your universe, of your creation, and of my heart. And everybody that believes that says it with a loud amen.